brought to you by Nacho. Hello, and welcome to Payment Smartcast, Nacho's podcast channel featuring discussions of interest to the payments community. I'm Michael Kahn. One of Nacho's goals has been to increase the use of ACH by charitable and religious groups. To that end, Nacho recently completed a major overhaul of its nonprofit toolkit which is pretty much everything a charitable group would need to start or expand an ACH program. The toolkit is available at achgiving.org and we'll hear more about it in a little bit. But there are still some challenges to ACH acceptance among both charities and their donors. Nacho worked with Quadrant Strategies, a research-driven consulting firm headquartered in Washington, DC, to identify some of those pain points and to also come up with solutions and that's what we'll be focusing on during today's podcast. And so I'd like to welcome Michael Hutchnicker, Vice President at Quadrant Strategies, and Brad Smith, Nacha Senior Director of Industry Engagement and Advocacy. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me as well. Uh, let's start out, and, and, and what are the advantages of getting donations by ACH over other methods like, say, checks or cards? For me, uh, one of the primary advantages is that the ACH payments tend to have lower processing costs than other types of payments. So uh, this really allows for more of the donors' dollars to go towards the cause that they're uh, donating to. Um, you know, nonprofits trust ACH to handle their own important transactions like payroll and rent and utilities and stuff like that. So I think that's really the, the primary advantage. Yep. And another advantage that we heard about uh, through the focus groups that we conducted was that nonprofit organizations see the time savings of getting ACH donations um, as a big, big thing that they care about. Uh, these nonprofit uh, coordinators are dealing with a lot of things on their plate, especially during the pandemic, taking on multiple roles. And you know, when checks and credit cards are coming in and that information is coming in by mail, um, it actually takes them a lot of time to process all of those payments, uh, get over to the bank to deposit them. Um, and that's time that they could be using to really put towards their cause. So getting donations via ACH is also a time saver for them. Well, how, how do donors feel about uh, using ACH? Because you are asking folks to give their, their bank account and how do they feel about that? From the research that uh, Michael's group, uh, Quadrant Strategies, uh, what they just completed was that people love ACH, uh, but the people that use ACH love ACH. The, those that haven't seem to be a little bit hesitant because they think that ACH is less secure than other payment types. You know, people that aren't used to it are hesitant to put their routing number and account number into a website that they're not too familiar with. Uh, but ACH is just as secure uh, as a card payment and they have the same rights to uh, dispute transactions just like they do uh, for, for a card payment. Yeah, we found that about 18% of consumer donors are already using ACH uh, as a donation method, but that trails far behind. You know, those are using credit cards or checks, which are both closer to about 50%. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get to this later in our discussion. Many people don't really know what ACH is, 
or that they're already using it many times in their daily lives, whether it's their online bill pay, for their mortgage, direct deposit, or getting some of those economic impact payments that were uh, distributed by the government in the past year. So once people know what ACH is, they become much more likely to make donations using it because they know of the safety, the security, and the reliability and convenience that comes with using ACH. So as Brad said, once people start using ACH for donations, they're very likely to continue to use it. So what we did as part of our research is we compared how people viewed um, ACH uh, to credit and debit cards when it comes to making donations uh, to their favorite nonprofits. Um, and among those who have used ACH, they view kind of security, reliability, and ease of use on par with credit and debit cards. Um, where the difference lies is those who haven't used ACH for donations, uh, their perceptions of the security, reliability, and ease of use of ACH are far lower. Um, so that kind of indicates that there needs to be some education done around what ACH is with those people and the benefits of ACH. And specifically, as Brad mentioned, that security, reliability, and ease of use piece is going to be uh, really important that we communicate it to them. Um, once they understand those benefits and once they start using ACH, you know, they're very likely to continue using ACH uh, for donations um, and as well as possibly other areas in their life as they're more familiar with the technology and the use cases. I, I, I'm sure Michael didn't think he'd become an ACH expert uh, before uh, they started this payment research. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But uh, I think I've, I, like many of the people that we had participate in our surveys and our focus groups, was someone who used ACH regularly for my bill pay and uh, my mortgage and getting my tax return, uh, but was not someone who really knew all of the great benefits and use cases of it. So I think I'm a, I'm a prime example of someone who uses the technology all the time. And once I got educated on how much I was using it and the benefits of it, you know, I was able to take my donations where I was making elsewhere and move them over to ACH. Well, gentlemen, you, you brought up an interesting point it would seem that there's a lot of familiarity among people of all ages with ACH, whether it's to pay the mortgage or to pay the electric bill or what have you. But at the same time, ACH is not exactly a household word, right? Yeah, it isn't. When we spoke to people in our focus groups and our surveys, um, we showed them ACH and we asked them, you know, what does this mean? And it, it was basically looking into a bowl of alphabet soup for them um, and had really no idea what they were talking, what I was talking about. Um, and then when we put it in context of the survey, we kind of gave them the definition of, you know, what ACH is. So, you know, bank to bank transfers and asked them uh, with a variety of different options, you know, what did they call that? And only 7% of our survey population said that that describes ACH technology, which is, surprising uh, that it's actually that low. Uh, but when we looked at some other terms that people thought were most commonly used to describe that, um, the terms bank transfer and electronic transfer were significantly higher up in the 30% range. Uh, so I think using the terminology like electronic bank transfer um, over ACH when talking to consumers could be a really smart way to easily increase the adoption of ACH technology among them. Uh, just by simplifying the words that are used to describe it. Um, it makes people know exactly what it is, how it works, 
Um, and it gives people the confidence um, that they know what it is um, rather than using something that they see ACH and don't really know what that stands for. One thing that stuck out to me from uh, the research, and this was during the first phase, the digital intelligence discovery, uh, Quadrant went to a hundred nonprofit websites and one actually used the term ACH or EFT. So that tells you that there is a, it's not a household world, uh, word, and we need to use, like Michael said, electronic bank transfer, uh, you know, something along the lines of uh, this is the same kind of thing as paying a bill online. I think when the consumers go to check out, so to speak, and make that donation, I think there needs to be additional information to let them know like what this electronic bank transfer does or is or, or how it works just a little bit. Okay, so we've we've won over we've won over the donors, we've won over the charities. Let's hope. But when when charities go to set up or to expand a, a small existing ACH donation program, there are pain points they, they encounter, are there not? There are. Um, they it's, it's kind of hard to set it up sometimes. Um, and they don't always necessarily know who uh, to talk to. Um, so we're trying to overcome that. Uh, and we have a, a nonprofit toolkit that is available uh, on our website, achgiving.org, uh, which will soon have a, like a decision tree flowchart kind of um, uh, aid for them to help eat, make it easier for them to talk to their financial institution or talk to their payment processor, uh, find the right person, and then ask the right questions uh, to get that done. Uh, so it isn't quite as easy today to implement it. I think uh, the discussion with your payment processor uh, would be very beneficial and talking to the financial institution where you currently have a relationship uh, would help a lot, but sometimes it's difficult to get to the right person. Yeah, and I think that that aligns well with what we heard from our nonprofit uh, donation coordinators in our focus group is that now, again, that they have a lot on their plate. So trying to get an additional option for donations added to their website is just kind of another job for them. So in any way that we can streamline the process for them, make it easier, um, would be even better. And a lot of them already who use a lot of these donation platforms and payment processors didn't even know that ACH was an option uh, when using them. Um, so just educating them that that option is available uh, within the platforms that they're already using is really important. Um, these organizations are using uh, a multitude of uh, or a variety of platforms when it comes to uh, tracking their donor base, managing donations, and actually processing the donations, and have a lot of legacy systems in place and haven't updated uh, recently uh, to the most uh, cutting edge technology because there's so much information housed um, in the systems that they're already using. So they don't think it may, may even be an option available. So we have to let them know that they don't need to change platforms even to start accepting ACH donations. What they really need to do is make sure that they turn that option on. And by leveraging the nonprofit toolkit, Brad, that you just mentioned, um, it's a great way for them to learn how they can get that option turned on for them and how that they can then start um, accepting those ACH donations. You know, we do have a lot of uh, folks who work at financial institutions 
who listen to the NACHA podcast, what can FIs do to help their, their charitable customers or credit unions, their, their charitable members to, mm-hmm. to, to get started with ACH or to ramp up their program? Yeah, uh, I think they need to begin to raise awareness. Uh, and those financial institutions uh, can tout the benefits of ACH to those nonprofits, telling them specifically that more money can go to your cause. Uh, so I think that uh, raising awareness of ACH is one, uh, using the right messages, right? In that toolkit we have, there are messages specifically uh, designed to use to uh, towards the, the donation coordinators, like at the nonprofits. So use those messages that we've created uh, to get them interested in, in ACH. Uh, show the nonprofits how easy ACH can be uh, if they don't use ACH already. Um, the financial, financial institutions often have ready to go tools um, so they can show them uh, you know, how easy it is. And, and I think it's a great opportunity for the financial institutions to grow uh, their ACH volume uh, and their ACH business by reaching out to these nonprofits uh, who would most likely be interested in, in doing ACH some capacity. Uh, and then the financial institutions can give them access to the toolkit, which will have all the information that the nonprofits need to share with their potential or, or current donors. Yeah, that's correct, Brad. And the other thing the financial institutions you know, benefit out of this is forging a closer relationship with their customers here. Uh, the, the financial institutions who are working with the variety of nonprofits who can benefit from ACH you know, have a really good connection with those organizations um, and really want to show that you know, they're there to support those um, charities and nonprofit organizations as well. So when you reach out to them proactively and communicate you know, ways that they can increase their donor base, increase the amount of money coming in, you're not only showing that you're a partnership, you're, that you have a strong partnership with this bank and that you value their the relationship and them as a customer, you're also adding value by showing how they can grow as an organization, take in more money and do more good with minimal effort. So at the same time, you're serving the customer, but at the same time, you're deepening your relationship with them and allowing them to know uh, that you're a trusted partner with them. That is a great point. All right, and finally, gentlemen, we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about the toolkit, but I want to find out about uh, some of the good stuff that's in there uh, that will be of use to charitable organizations and religious organizations of pretty much, you know, large, small, and everything in between. Yeah, um, we took a lot of time last year to improve and expand this toolkit uh, then we did this payment research early in the year, and now we have another opportunity to make this toolkit e- even better. Uh, in the toolkit, you'll find, and I'm not going to talk about everything. We could be here for another 20 minutes. Uh, but there's a there's an FAQs uh, to, to have you learn more about accepting uh, ACH or accepting electronic bank transfers. Uh, we have a couple of success stories in there. Other nonprofits. Uh, one's a public radio, one's a religious organization, and how they benefited when they started their ACH programs. Uh, there's a PowerPoint template in there uh, that shows the impact of accepting uh, the, these ACH payments. 
you can edit that PowerPoint template. You can use it if you need to uh, go in front of your, bo your board as a nonprofit. Um, there's uh, checklists and authorization forms and enrollment forms and, and, and a bunch of other things in there. So, um, we're, so we're very happy about uh, the direction that this uh, toolkit uh, is going. Um, I think one of the other things that I'd love to mention is, and I might have brought this up earlier, but the nonprofits that nonprofits want to accept donations in any way, shape, or form um, that they can do it. They don't want to leave any potential dollar on the table. Um, some of the people we spoke to talked about, you know, collecting donations via some of the uh, apps available out there. Some people tried to figure out how can they accept cryptocurrencies. So making ACH available uh, to their donors, not just is good for them because they can get more of their donation, but it also can increase their donor base. There are people who, um, who enjoy donating through ACH and that is their preferred method. And if they don't see that available on a website, it may actually make them leave um, and not make a donation. You know, we think um, that you know, credit cards are the most convenient out there um, and they may be for most people, um, but it's not for everyone. So making sure this option available is not only can increase your donations, but can also broaden your donor base among those people who actually prefer and want to use ACH as their donation method already without any of this additional uh, education or uh, communication around the benefits of it. Yeah, and I want to add on to that because that, that's a great point. And, and I want to be sure that in this communication, in all of our communications, when we speak to the nonprofits, we're not telling them that ACH is the only payment type you should accept because that's that's just silly. Uh, you know, ACH can just be another part of your payments ecosystem, if you will, the type of payments that you, that you want to take. Some other payment types are more convenient. If you want to get someone to uh, donate like on the spot, ACH probably isn't that answer. But if you want to retain those first time donors and, and make them recurring donors and sustaining donors, then ACH is the option. But you need to get your donations in any way possible. Yeah, that's correct. And I think another thing that is great for the, the nonprofits to do is they're constantly reaching out to donors to tell them what they're doing, how their dollars are being spent and the good that the organizations are doing. Um, as part of that communication, they can start adding in some language around the benefits of ACH into existing communication that they're already doing with donors. Um, educating consumers and donors about the benefits of ACH don't need to be done in a one-off sense uh, where you have to do it as its own topic. You can add this and supplement it to ongoing communications that are going on. So you're not actually creating additional work. You're just dropping something into an email that you may already have. Um, and another opportunity for nonprofits to uh, get people to move over to ACH uh, really comes with sustaining donors. Uh, many sustaining donors are using checks or are using credit cards. Um, and those people need to be reached out to on a regular basis to make sure their financial information hasn't updated um, or their credit card hasn't expired. And when you're re when those financial the nonprofits are reaching out to those donors, they can use that as an opportunity to educate the donors on ACH donations and that in the future, we wouldn't have to reach out to you to get this additional information if you were using ACH. So it actually takes a little bit less burden on the donor who will now have less 
reach out from the nonprofit. It'll take a benefit for the nonprofit who will have one less phone call to make every month or every quarter uh, with their potential donor. So it's actually a win-win on both sides. It could cut down on the time that the nonprofits are spending and it could streamline the donation process for uh, the donors who don't have to call and update their information or get reached out to to update it. We all know when we see that random number on our phone, we're always hesitant to answer it. Um, and this is a, an opportunity to make sure that that doesn't even need to happen. 